Welcome to today's episode of Messing with Media, the show where we will bunch up five random movies or other media that our host has recently seen. Our host will then rank the movies from best to worst based on five unfinished sentences. Each sentence is directly correlated to a media-themed category. Each category determines where that movie ranks. First, let's take a look at our five categories and their ranking. Going from worst to best, they are VHS, Laserdisc, Betamax, DVD, and Blu-ray. Or even better, the title of 4K Blu-ray. Five movies, five sentences. Now, please welcome your host, Steve. Hey, hey, how is everybody doing today? Fantastic, I hope. Now that you are all caught up on the rules, let's meet and get to know a little bit about today's contestants on... Messing with Media! Right after this short break. Uh, boss? We don't have any sponsors who paid for this time slot. Welcome back to the show. It felt like I had not watched any action movies for a long time at the time that I viewed all of these movies for this episode, wrote up my script, etc. I think that we could agree that superhero films have largely taken over the genre, leaving little space for some of the true action heroes of the past. The genre has changed. So, I thought it would be fun to visit some of the action movies of the past that I missed out on. Hence, today's episode. And without Burger Aircrew, let's meet today's contestants. First up is 1993's Demolition Man. Which I watched on HBO Max. It's a sci-fi action movie. It's rated R, and IMDb says a police officer is brought out of suspended animation in prison to pursue an old ultra-violent nemesis who is loose in a non-violent future society. Second up is 1992's Universal Soldier. Which I watched on some platform. It's a sci-fi action. It's rated R. And IMDB says two rival soldiers who were killed in Vietnam are brought back to life in a top-secret military experiment that creates superhuman warriors. Third up is 1991's Toy Soldiers. Cough. Cough. Nothing to see here. Which I watched... Yeah, it's me, the normal guy, on a television. It is an action-slash-drama. It is rated R. According to the internets, a group of troublemaking boys decide to take a stand when terrorists seize control of their boarding school. And fourth up is 1979's Mad Max. Which I watched on a platform as well. It's a sci-fi action. It's rated R. And IMDb says, In a self-destructing world, a vengeful Australian policeman sets out to stop a violent motorcycle gang. Last up is 1993's Last Action Hero. Which I know is available on multiple streaming platforms. It's an action comedy. It's rated PG-13. And IMDb says, With the help of a magic ticket, a young movie fan is transported into the fictional world of his favorite action movie character. 
Don't forget, I am allowed one pass for the primary five categories slash sentences. If used, I have two wildcards at my disposal. Those are film and digital copy. Let's get right to the action. I'm going to lock in Universal Soldier. VHS. The secret sentence is, no, I do not recommend blank. Fun fact. I began watching Universal Soldier, The Return, by accident. And then Goldberg from WWE showed up and I was very confused since he wasn't really anyone yet in 1992. So once I got myself on track in this movie, we get the Russian juggernaut from Rocky IV, Dolph Lundgren. I thought that he really did a solid job in his role in the movie. And Jean-Claude Van Damme did what he does best. You will see his buttocks and his rock-hard body. I also noticed a Matthew Perry lookalike in the movie. If anyone else agrees, let me know. He is in the fight scene at the diner. There were a few uses of comedy in the film, and I found one to actually be bad. One was good, and one was a dud. I sarcastically wrote that I liked that there was this top-secret, quote-unquote, under-the-radar program that must be kept a secret from even the government itself, and yet they blow through a motel with reckless abandon while there are multiple witnesses all around. One thing that really bugged me, however, was when a man got shot through his glasses and through his eyeball, yet blood splattered onto the inside of his glasses? Explain that to me, someone. I mean, I'm not a physicist. I'm just saying, like, uh, uh, how, what happened? Did the bullet fade? What? I didn't have much to write about this movie, and I don't remember many specifics about the movie. It was just sort of an action movie that happened. It's pretty basic, and it didn't really have anything to say. And that is why, no, I don't recommend Universal Soldier. There were two movies that best fit the sentence for Laserdisc, and they were also my number three and number four movies, simply based on my enjoyment of the movies. So that is what I used to split those two apart. I explain that because, let it be clear that this next movie is the best rated movie of this bunch across the board. I'm locking in Mad Max. Laserdisc. The secret sentence is blank succeeded in some areas, but failed in others. Let me explain before you hang me. If there is one thing that I've realized that tends to have more importance to me than I had previously realized, it is story. And this movie had me more confused than anything. Let me list off some of the culprits for that confusion. There was no answer to how and why the world in this movie, like how it came to be, so I struggled to fully understand the world. Not to mention that everyone uses gasoline like it is an abundant resource, yet my understanding was that a shortage of oil may have been behind the societal collapse that must have occurred. I found the group of lawless criminals to be more strange and borderline funny than intimidating. I understand what they were going for, but one of the reasons that it may not have worked would go back to that first note I wrote while watching the movie. And that was when I stated, 
There definitely won't be any overacting in this movie. Oh, wink, wink. So I thought the, the lawless criminals really were overacted. In short, I think something else that contributed towards my confusion was the transitions and the flow of the movie. Going hand in hand with that, although I noticed some very nice editing moments, there were also a few things that left me scratching my head. I'm not so sure that they were editing errors so much as errors in what was filmed that an editor could not figure a way to work around. Specifically, think of vehicles following someone, then that someone getting into a crash, and the following vehicle suddenly not being directly behind the person that they were chasing. Also, in one of those instances, a vehicle pulls off to the side of the road after the accident and then pulls out and passes a trailer as if they had been behind that trailer, not the car that was involved in that crash, which... It's hard to explain. It's hard to follow what I'm trying to say, but there are just logistical issues in this movie and many of the chase scenes with where vehicles are and end up from one cut to the next. There, I think. I think that my first note that I wrote about the movie sums up my final issue for the entire movie. There is so much nonsense going on all at once in the beginning chase. And it's just stunt after stunt after stunt. We also spend some more time getting familiar with some folks for a lengthy period of time during this beginning chase. And they had nothing to do with the rest of the story besides the fact that Mr. McGuffin, the Knight Rider, exists. I'll get back to those stunts in a moment, but first, my last negative had to do with the structure, which I know I touched on a little already, but just prior to 50 minutes into the movie, I paused quickly to think about what I wasn't getting in the movie, and I came to the fact that maybe I just wasn't connecting with any of the characters. What I couldn't figure out is what others would connect to. I don't feel like I was really missing anything. After restarting the movie, it wasn't much later that, for the first time, aside from a short moment earlier in the film, which I didn't think worked, that the movie sat back and asked me to learn and care about Max and his relationship with his wife. I think some rewriting in regards to how the film was structured would have helped clean up some pacing and narrative issues. Maybe open up the film with a really fond memory of the good old days in Max and his wife's relationship. Instead, they just told us by having his wife say, You are my everything. Or whatever it was that she said. But I'm not saying that that didn't work at all. But A, it, it didn't work. Not fully, at least. And B, it was so very clear at that moment that her life was in danger in this movie. And in that sense, this was a very typical origin story for Max. And what a long-lasting franchise it set up. So let's get into some more positive things about this movie. There is no doubt that this is an action flick, through and through. And they absolutely did a fantastic job with the stunts and the explosions. Top-notch stuff in that regard. It really makes you wonder what they may have been able to do with a $1 million Australian dollar budget instead of the $400,000 budget that they had. $1 million isn't even a heck of a lot, but you can see where some stunts weren't able to 
fully uh, be fully completed due to budgeting. And so they just had to use a few creative shots and angles along with some creative editing to get the image across to the audience. A little bit more money really could have set this movie apart in terms of the stunt work which is already fantastic, as I said. I also think that this movie was ahead of its time. You can definitely still feel some 70s influences, but if I didn't know better and someone told me that this movie was a mid-80s movie, I'd have bought that. I would have believed them. It wouldn't be a surprise if this movie helped ring in some of the 80s style that became so popular in film. You can also tell that this movie had an influence on filmmakers, probably to this day. Some of the movies on this list actually probably owe some thanks to Mad Max. In the same vein, I appreciated that although this is still a bit of an exploitation film, and that's where those 70s influences come in, you can tell that the director wanted to move forward from that classic 70s era of exploitation, and he wanted to the movie to offer more than just that. Unfortunately, I found there to be a lack of connective tissue in those attempts of moving forward. And that is why I felt that Mad Max succeeded in some areas, but failed in others. This next movie, for a while, I thought might have a shot at topping this list. And besides its own issues, I did enjoy it more than Mad Max. Which, by the way... I recommend Mad Max if you're a big action movie person. Let's lock in this next movie, Last Action Hero. Ada Max. The secret sentence is, you could watch blank and or you could watch any of these three similar movie options. Last Action Hero starts off, and there are cops getting killed on Christmas Day, and I thought to myself, what kind of movie have I gotten myself into? And then the movie settles into what I would say is a classic story, most often for fantasy films, where we meet a kid who has no friends, and in this case, the cinema is his best friend, and maybe even his escape from life to an extent. It's not that he has a terrible home life, just that his mom isn't able to always be around when he's home and his father had died. No siblings. It's not a fantasy home life, that's for sure. Despite what ended up being two setups in the beginning, I thought it was a nice setup. I liked the story behind the magical movie ticket, and the projection man was a great casting choice as well. I thought that the movie was fun and it's creative. It could be a little corny and on the nose at times, which would have been done for the younger audiences, but those moments come in small doses. Throughout the movie, there were plenty of little setups that paid off. They may not have always mattered to the story, but they added a bit of fun watchability, at least up until a point. You see, the big thing about this movie is that it's a meta-commentary on films, and mostly action films. Much of that is delivered in humorous moments. However, they may have gone too far. Most notably with the catchphrases. That was the only thing that stuck out to me as like, okay, 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 I get it. 
I did notice that, um, you know, there was a little overdose in some other areas as well, but they didn't bother me so much. However, looking through the reviews on the movie, they did bother others. Is Last Action Hero perfectly written and without issues? Heck no. But it is very easy to forgive the obvious contrivances for sake of the greater story, meta-commentary, silly tone, and the fact that they are in a movie within a movie and purposefully being meta about it anyways. So there's a lot of room for forgiveness. It is self-aware... It knew what it wanted to be, and it managed to pull off all of that while still being quite action-packed and well-paced with the action. At the one-hour point, I was expecting there to be a half-hour left, yet the movie managed to keep the story moving nicely with a good amount of tension, intrigue, and a slight twist that I should have seen coming. If you've seen the movie before, you know that twist isn't the end, and now you might realize I wrote that note a wee bit too soon. The movie definitely runs a little long at 2 hours and 10 minutes. Most of that comes down to a bit of a confused third act. There were two villains, they tossed death into the mix out of nowhere, and they dragged an emotional ending along for what felt like 20 minutes and what may have been darn close to 20 minutes. And that third act is exactly why I was struggling between this movie and Mad Max for Laserdisc. So... You could watch Last Action Hero, and or you could watch these similar movie options. The first movie is Kindergarten Cop. It is another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that features a kid in, in, you know, in a prominent role, or multiple kids really, plus it is another classic 90s action movie. The second option. You could say that Last Action Hero is a buddy cop movie, If you want another strange but more modern action flick, check out The Nice Guys. And the third option. Maybe you're in the mood for something that is a little more adult-oriented, maybe sci-fi and action-packed. Then watch RoboCop and follow it up with RoboCop 2, which is a meta-commentary about movie sequels, which I think fits the theme quite well. The final two movies were very close, and I've actually uh, last second changed my mind here. I'm going to lock in Demolition Man. The secret sentence is blank gets my recommendation. In a world where someone being kicked can send shutters down every police officer's spine, Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, and Sandra Bullock star in Demolition Man. Where I had some trouble understanding and adapting to the world in Mad Max, Demolition Man was the opposite. They did such a great job of world building in this movie. Maybe that's something I didn't say for Mad Max. World building, that's what Mad Max needed. Now I'll admit, it doesn't make sense given the timeline that this movie gives, but other than that, it is outstanding. There is a moment in the film where I got real video game vibes when Wesley Snipes goes to the Weapons Museum or something along that line. Uh, Once again, does it make sense that these are actual and functional weapons at the museum? No, but oh well. 
So, Snipe goes in, and he has an armory of familiar and futuristic weapons to choose from. I wish they had spent just a little more time with him experimenting with the weapons and maybe grabbing more than one to really bring that extra fun, video game-like factor into this movie, where you get a wide selection of weaponry for the rest of the film or, you know, the rest of the game, for that analogy. Moving on. There are some plot conveniences in the movie, but once again, it is just the type of movie that begs you to forgive it for its sins and to just move along. Follow, come on for the ride. <laughs> I thought Sandra Bullock's character was adorably charming. She did excellent with it because it could have so easily been a very annoying character, but it wasn't. And that's really all I wrote on the movie. I was just sitting back and enjoying it. It's a silly action dystopian society film. It's not a deep thinker. It's just a simple, straightforward story, and it works nicely. That is why Demolition Man gets my recommendation. And that leaves us with our last option here, Toy Soldiers, which I ended up bumping over Demolition Man at the last second there, possibly due to recency bias or possibly because I was surprised by how good it actually was. But also, definitely, because I think Demolition Man gets spoken about a fair amount. Toy Soldiers seems to almost be a forgotten movie, and I wanted to emphasize to you listeners to give this movie a watch if you never have, so let's lock it in. The secret sentence is, I think you should watch blank. I really enjoyed it. My only real problem with Toy Soldiers was that the main leads I initially felt like look well into their 20s, but I ended up settling on they, they looked like 19 and 20 years old. But I'm not sure exactly what age they were supposed to be playing, and they acted like 13 and 15 year olds. So at the oldest, they were supposed to be around like 16 or 17 maybe, and... This is a very common issue with older movies, and to be honest, it's an issue that I'm more and more okay with, because maybe children acting in Hollywood isn't the best thing for them. Once the movie gets into things, I was really engaged, and the production was really good. Real explosions, at least one extremely large explosion. They used real helicopters, as you could see from the grass. There may have been one or two inserts of, like, stock footage for the action, but most of it appeared to be made for this production. Money, time, effort, and care all definitely went into this movie. I thought that the head terrorist was quite charismatic, which was fun because you almost like him. There's a little bit of a soft spot that exists for him at times in the movie. Something that I really liked that you don't find too often was that the movie doesn't feel the need to explain everything with exposition. There are a few events which occur as a result of something, but they don't hand-feed the action and reaction to such events to the audience. This movie does a pretty good job of creating tension throughout the movie, and they came up with a pretty insane plan to take care of the terrorist threat while they're being held hostage, and surprisingly, it comes off as fairly believable with how everything goes down. So, kudos to them. 
One thing that really stood out to this in this movie to me is like strange and I won't even call this nitpicky. It's just it's something that stood out to me as strange is that out of the middle of nowhere in this movie, one of the cops are like the special units guys. And this is the one that gets injured by a grenade that I'm speaking of. Not only does this guy appear to have this massive dip in his lip, you know, tobacco. He also has the most Canadian accent ever, and this does not take place in Canada. I mean, that's fine to have Canadian people here, but it's it's weird. It's out of no, it's strange. Yeah, I don't know. Toy Soldier is an enjoyable movie. There is a tweak here or there that could have been made, but overall, I didn't have much to criticize. It's fun to see this type of production and movie because they just don't make these types of movies anymore. That said, at one point in time, this was the type of movie that every movie was. And so I think it's actually aged well because it doesn't exist among a sea of similar products. I think that's a benefit to this movie as it's aged. And for that reason, I think that you should watch Toy Soldiers. I really, I really enjoyed it. I need to point out that for the first time in Messing With Media history, we got through it without using any lifelines. No passes were used. Now let's recap this saga of action films from last place to first place with a VHS. Universal Soldier came in last place, and that was an easy choice for me. Coming in fourth place with a Laserdisc was Mad Max. Not too far ahead of that, in third place was Last Action Hero, and at the last second, Demolition Man was cryogenically frozen in place and fell down to second place, getting a DVD, which left us with our Blu-ray in first place, Toy Soldiers. Thank you for joining us today on... Messing with Media!